You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, what's up? And welcome to episode number 71 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Social Report. Social Report is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice for all things scheduling and reporting. Try them out for yourself for free by going to socialreport.com. Now, today's guest on the show is the wonderful Annie Franceschi, and I had the pleasure of meeting Annie in Nevika Vasquez's uh, collaboration, Catalyst. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, Uh, but it's essentially a platform for connecting with potential people you can collaborate with. So there's lots of online business owners in there collaborating and connecting. And Annie and I connected through that group. And she's just been an inspiration to me since we connected. Um, I've loved talking with her. Of course, she's on the podcast today. I'm going to be in a video with her on her YouTube channel um, coming out next year. And um, Annie also inspired me to write a book. So Uh, Let me read Annie's bio right now, and then I'll talk a little bit about her book. So with 10 years in storytelling, Annie Franceschi is a best-selling author, speaker, and small business branding expert based in Durham, North Carolina. In 2013, she quit her dream job at Walt Disney Studios to start her own agency, Greatest Story Creative. Having advised hundreds, spoken for thousands, and released a number one self-help book called Permission to Try, Annie is a passionate partner to entrepreneurs and professionals seeking ways to unlock the value of their stories. Now, I started reading uh, Permission to Try, and I've really enjoyed it. If you guys are like on the edge of trying something different, or if you're thinking about pivoting or changing, or even if you're just feeling stuck, definitely check out her book. I love her stories. Obviously, she's a great storyteller. And she uses her own personal stories to kind of give you 11 ways that you can be inspired to make the switch and get out of maybe a rut that you may be stuck in. Anyways, I'm really enjoying reading it. I wanted to have it finished by the time this episode came out, but I don't quite have it finished yet. But it is such a great read. And it's kind of one of those things where you can like pick it up and read a chapter and then like go on with your day. All right, so in this particular episode, though, Annie and I talked about how she started out doing all the things on social media. We talk about how she uses social media as an amplification tool and how she leveraged her tribe to launch her book. Her launch story is actually really interesting, too, for how she launched her book. And then we also talk about the power of knowing your story. So before I dive into this amazing interview with Annie, I just want to give you a quick update for what's happening in the Savvy Social School. So happening on November 19th, we're having our next live training, and it's all about planning for the new year. So the best way to make your 2020 marketing plan feel super easy 
is to plan. So join me live on November 19th at 11 a.m. Eastern for our exclusive live training only for Savvy Social School members. We're focused on getting your social media set up for the new year. So we're going to cover how to identify some important dates, the best way to prepare your marketing campaigns, what to say in between those key dates, what tools I'm using to keep everything organized. And I'm actually going to share my screen and give you guys a behind the scenes look at how I plan everything out. I'm so super geeked about it. Uh, And then you'll also receive our yearly marketing planning worksheet to go along with this training. So make sure you're in the school. If you're not, go to SavvySocialSchool.com to sign up. If you are, I will see you on November 19th for that training. All right, let's get into the interview with Annie Franceschi. Hey, Annie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. I have your book. We're going to get to that later. Really just personally inspired by you as I'm working on my own book. Uh, But let's start from the beginning, as they say. Um, And I know that you worked for Disney, which I am a Disney fan girl. And I was like Disney light in my college days. I did a little stint as a Princess Tiana, but like the off-brand version. (laughs) It wasn't like affiliated with Disney kind of thing. Uh, But anyway, so you started at Disney. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about some of the things you learned working for that company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I began my career in the film industry. I actually, the first year I worked there in California, I worked for a company called Lionsgate. And then I jumped to Walt Disney Animation Studios. So I worked for both Walt Disney Animation Studios. And after about a year, I ended up working at the Walt Disney Studios, which makes both the live action and the animated films. So I obviously learned a ton. And, and as just like you, I'm a Disney fan girl. You can take the girl out of Disney, but you can't take Disney out of the girl. We're literally going there next week. Um, but in any case, I, you know, you work for a company like that and it's still a corporation, right? So you're still getting the corporate America side. So um, in many ways, I learned sort of how that works, right? So how to climb the ladder, how to navigate having a having a difficult boss, having to communicate with people who have different styles than you, which is kind of like an unsexy, like, oh, what did you learn at Disney? It's like, I learned how to navigate corporate America. Um, And thankfully, Disney had a lot of developmental classes, things like that, like communicating with style. So I learned how to work with people that had really different styles for me. Um, So that's some of the stuff I credit a lot. One of the more creative lessons I learned is how to position things. So I didn't know really what positioning was, but I think we all we all know what positioning is. We just don't realize it. And it's really, as simply put, it's always about how you tell the story. Mm. So everything is always about how you tell the story. And Disney is the master artist as a company. You know, Walt Disney was for certain of it's all about how you tell the story. So um, getting people to to see these movies, getting them interested in what was going on, like that was our job. And it was it was important to accurately position, you know, who is this going to be for and delivering on that content. And that's a lesson I take into the work I do now as a branding partner to small business owners. It is always about how you tell the story. In your case, if you're a business owner, how you tell your story. That is so powerful. And I think that, you know, being on the inside behind the scenes for brands like that is just such a great opportunity. So um, with your business as you have it now, um, well, let us know how... You, you quit your job in 2013, I think? I did, yes. Yeah, so tell me about the journey from 2013 to today with your business. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I spent about five years in the film industry, four of which were working for Disney. And it happened so that I got to kind of a dream job, like where I was writing and designing story presentations for movies like Maleficent and the live action Cinderella. And it was so much fun. I was working with big filmmakers and working big fan events like D23. Um, But I sort of took a look around. And once I kind of got, I worked really hard to get to that place. I went, ooh, do I really want to keep doing this? Is this really fulfilling work? Do I want my boss's job? You know, I sort of took stock of my life. I was at like 27 at the time and just going, what what am I really doing? And um, I realized that the work I was doing was fun and sexy and cool, but it wasn't changing lives. And I realized at that point in my life that that was actually really important to me. So long story short, I gave up that dream job because it really just wasn't a dream life. And my husband and I moved back home to where I'm from in North Carolina. We currently live in Durham. And I started a branding practice called Greatest Story Creative. And now I, instead of helping Disney tell their stories, I help real business owners tell their story through logos and taglines and business cards, you know, all those ways that they need help telling their stories. And that, the sort of equation for me was, you know, it's not big, sexy filmmakers, but you help somebody start a business or fix their business. It's something that's going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. And that is just so much more meaningful work for me at the end of the day. Like I'm so grateful to the path that led me here. And I think I stayed at Disney, you know, the exact right amount of time, you know, one more day would have been too many and one less day would have been too little. So I use it every day, but that was sort of the transition I made in 2013. So I've been doing the work I've been doing now for almost six years this fall. So about six years, 80 plus businesses later and lots of stories left to tell. So I love it. I love it. And I love how um, you're you're not um, looking at your corporate life as negative. I think sometimes, especially in the space that we're in, it's all, you know, quit your nine to five and, you know, go against the system and all these kinds of things. And I love your like approach to it because you're very grateful for that time and you're, you know, reflective in a positive way, but you're still using all of that amazing experience that you had and bringing it to your business that you have today, which I love. Um, so, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think, you know, that gratitude definitely comes with perspective, right? So I was like scared, you know, like not knowing what the heck I was going to do when I left. I didn't know that it was all the story was going to play out this way. And that's sort of the center of my book, Permission to Try, because it's all about, you know, how do you take a risk in your career when you don't know that you're going to land on your feet, when you don't know it's okay to try other things, but you're not sure you want to keep doing what you're doing. Like I wrestled with the guilt of that, giving up a job that I knew a lot of people really wanted wanted in a corporate career. And wrestling with the fact that in many ways I wasn't happy. Like, yes, I had a dream job, but I wasn't really happy with the path that had gotten me there and some of the things. So like, you know, was it a a Pollyanna like, oh, this was perfect. And then I left. It was, it was um, the struggle I think many people go through in particular women in corporate America and this struggle of, but if I give up this thing I really worked hard for, like, will I be able to replace it? And yes, now six years later, I can tell that story, but that's what permission to try is all about. And giving yourself permission to try is, is giving yourself that permission to take a leap of faith when you don't know if the net's going to be there to catch you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that applies to a lot of things in business as well and in life. So um, I appreciate you kind of sharing your story and allowing us to be inspired by that. Um, let's shift gears just a little bit to talk about marketing your business because a lot of our listeners are in the early stages of their business or in the early stages of marketing their business online. And it can feel like a lot and it can feel like there's a lot of weight and pressure on making social media work. And from what I know, I think you felt that in the beginning of your social media journey. So can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes. And I know you teach people how to use the magic according to their business, right? So it's not one size fits all. You and I both know that. I didn't know that at the beginning of my business. And I just felt this is intense pressure to be all things to all people. You know, and I think social media was no exception to that and was probably the biggest distraction for me of, well, maybe I got I should be in this Facebook group and maybe I should be emailing these people and maybe I should be doing styled shoots and doing all these things um, online to show up in different ways and to just trying every tactic rather than being strategic. And that's a mistake that I think you and I could talk for hours about that people probably make with their social media strategy, but also make with their branding strategy is that they think it's about the logo or the business card. And it's actually about the strategy that you use to execute the logo, the business card, the marketing, you know, what are you, what, how do you want to tell the story is, is just as applicable a question to start your social media strategy as it is for your branding. So, so I felt extremely lost until I realized that I didn't have to be all things to all people and I shouldn't be on every platform. And I deleted my Twitter platform and I went, bye-bye. And I haven't logged into Twitter in a couple of years and my business is thriving and I have not looked back since. Yes. Applause to that. Don't try to do everything. And in fact, I think a lot of people start with social media when really you should start with figuring out if your business works or not first. And then social media can amplify, but uh, it doesn't replace uh, a business that's not actually moving things along. Um, And so now I think your marketing, you do a lot of speaking, you do a lot of in-person workshops. So can you tell us a little bit about what your marketing looks like? And then we'll move into how social media plays into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you have to say about amplification. I think that's that's a great point of any marketing, in particular social media. So um, I, like many business owners, sort of tra- started with trial and error, sort of threw the spaghetti at the wall and saw what stuck. Um, and not only saw what stuck, but saw what I really enjoyed doing. And that's the biggest piece of advice I give to people um, emulated by how I do my own marketing. So I personally love to speak. I love to share my story. I love to teach about branding. Uh, So I have figured out ways to speak either by hosting my own monthly workshop series, which I call Branding with Annie, or speaking for other groups. So becoming also a paid professional speaker to, to spread that message of permission to try and branding as well. So most of my marketing is speaking. So mostly speaking in my local area of Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, here in the United States. Um, but I can also do speaking such as like on podcasts and speaking in webinars and other formats or traveling to other places to do that. So I don't try to be everything to everybody with my marketing. My number one source of marketing is hosting my own events and then being a guest at other people's events events as an expert speaker. So I build a reputation. I would say the number one way I get business probably won't surprise you. And it's the best way, which is word of mouth and client referral. Yep, absolutely. And it's still to this day. I mean, word of mouth marketing is just the best way, of course, to market anything. We all love to talk about ourselves, but if someone else can build us up and go, hey, I heard Annie at this event, you should hire her. That's like gold. (laughs) I focus a lot on getting people to um, to know who I am. Like I like to be say that I'm like a card in somebody's deck. I'm not always the, the card that you need to play. Branding's not something you need every day. It's something you need at a particular moment in time or your friend needs at a particular moment in time. So speaking allows me to be really visible and to drive great awareness to what I do. So that to your point about amplification, when I promote my speaking engagements online, I always take like a speaking selfie. 
I take a picture of myself, say, hey, I'm speaking here. And it reminds people I'm out there. It reminds people of my free content that they can take advantage of. And it just keeps me top of mind so that, you know, when it comes up that you are starting a new business or you have a friend that who is, you go, oh, I know who you need to talk to. It's Annie, but that's not going to happen, you know, every single day. And that's okay. I don't need a million clients a year, right? I love that. And I love how you brought up, brought us back to social media as well. So you take a selfie at your events, you post them online. Um, can you tell us some of the other ways that you integrate social media with what you're doing and use it to amplify what your kind of in-person word of mouth marketing strategies are? Right. Absolutely. So um, one of the reasons that let's take branding with Annie, for example, this started about two years ago. I love speaking and I thought, Ooh, it'd be so much easier if I could just set like a recurring time and then I could sort of set up a system and repeat it. So Brandy with Annie, second Tuesday of every month, 12 o'clock, same spot here in the triangle. And it's a different topic every month. So that forced me to create a whole year's worth of programming around my process and allowed me to sort of have an anchor for all of my marketing, including social media. So if I'm talking about naming in a particular month, then I can put naming posts in my newsletter, naming posts on social media and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I have this theory and maybe you subscribe to it as well, that all of us are real busy people and we don't have time to follow every single thing we do. But if we start talking about the same things consistently, that amplification can happen, that we start to recognize, oh yeah, Annie can help with naming because she talks about naming all the time or Annie can help with logos. And if I go through my whole process of the year using something like a speaking series to anchor myself, I know where to focus and I'm not all lost on tactics of go talk about this, go talk about that. I've also done so speaking, make sure that I'm always doing current content, but then I'm a huge fan of batching content. And I'm sure you've probably talked about tools like Hootsuite. I'm a big fan of SmarterQ. Personally, um, I set up my social media for sort of general stuff a couple years ago. I set it up in October and it's almost about out. So I haven't had to touch it. And I have regular posts on my Facebook and my LinkedIn, which are the two platforms I really focus on directly for clients and potential referral partners. So I have things like uh, tips on branding. So I always have like a series of tips. I have a series of quotes about marketing. Um, and I think a few other different categories of things that cycle through and allow me to sort of teach in a bite-sized way. And I, I, what I love about that is I'm making sure that I'm consistent because I teach that to my clients and they're going to go to my Facebook or my LinkedIn and always see that I'm consistent, but really I'm taking a nap and no one needs to know that. Yes, I'm a huge fan of reusing content and batching content. And so I love this because we're all busy. Um, my goal for a lot of my students and clients is if you're just starting out, you should not be spending more than two to three hours a week on social media. That's it. The rest of your time, the other 37 hours right, are, right. are doing the work, which is where we need to be. Um, so I really, really like that. Um, I want to also talk about your book. So permission to try available in audiobook, ebook format, physical book format, whatever you like to do. Love that. Uh, but I know that you did a book launch party and you also had a plan, assets for some social media posts. So can you tell us about the book launch party and how you got so much marketing material from that? Yeah. So it's actually sort of be, the story begins a little bit earlier, which is, um, you know, this was my first book. I self-published it. It's a self-help book that includes my stories of sort of making that career change decision. It's for anybody who's taken it, worried about taking a big risk in their career and needs a pep talk. Um, so one of the big things I decided to do, even though I am not a very self-promotional person and I was like, Ooh, I feel weird about asking for support. I ended up being so proud of the book that I was like, you know what? I have to believe in this. I have to stand up and ask. So, um, the best thing I could have done involved 
involves social media, which is I put an ask out on my Facebook, my Instagram, and my LinkedIn to say, I'm looking for people who want to be on the launch team. If you want to get a free copy of the book, sign up, you, you know, apply using this short application and you will get a free copy of the book four weeks before it comes out. So it's a digital copy. Um, and all you had to commit to doing was read it, reviewing it and sharing it and not necessarily giving a favorable review, just a review. So make sure you read it and, and post a review to Amazon. So I was terrified to do that, but the support was overwhelming. I kept the, the application short and sweet, but overall we had about 60 people <laughs> on my launch team, which I think is enormous because I do not have like the biggest social following or anything like that. Um, so I went, wow, this is incredible. And of those 60 people, 40 plus of them reviewed. I have 45 reviews on Amazon as of today, um, all extremely favorable. But again, I didn't ask for that. Amazon won't let you. That's part of the rules. Um, and it helped me to do things like share the trailer. So I created a trailer. That trailer was shared over 40 times. It was probably seen over 10,000 times. I had um, everything. I had posts shared every week by this sort of army of 60 people <laughs> who really believed in the book and had so much fun with me. So I used um, ConvertKit to do sort of an email campaign to them every week, keep it really simple and just said, do one thing this week. And the other thing I did that you'll be proud of me for is I made them a social media library. So if you have an event you're trying to promote or a course you're trying to promote and you want affiliates or a launch team to help you like launch a book, please give them content. <laughs> give them statuses they can put up that they can copy and paste. I took a whole photo library. Like I took pictures of the book with like a cup of coffee and like styled them. So they'd look pretty so that you could actually have something to post. We put too much pressure on people that we're asking a favor for. Um, so that's one of the big secrets. I, I gave them a trailer to share. There was so much content that they could share that then it just, I think led to so much success of the book. Cause it wasn't just me talking about it. It was all these great people talking about the book. We sold out the launch party. I did sell tickets. Tickets, every ticket included a copy of the book. So that made it really simple and easy. And we sold out 90 people. We filled an entire restaurant. So I was thrilled. It, was, it became a number one bestseller in four categories, a hot new release in seven on the day it came out and sold the first uh, 450 copies in the first three weeks of launch. Oh my gosh, that's epic. I love that. And I love how much support you gave to your book launch um, party or your book, book launch team, excuse me, because I think that that's an, a really important thing to highlight. It's not like you asked people to do something and then didn't support them, right? You not only gave them a free copy of the book, but you gave them social media graphics. You reminded them frequently about what to do. You gave them images to use on social media, captions to use. I mean, that level of support really helps take things to the next level because now it's it's hard for people to say no to that because you're making it really easy for them. We call that the easy yes. And you want to apply that in business is like, we're all making things too complicated. That's what I try to do with when I help people with branding is like, how can we get people to just talk to you? The goal is the easy yes. And so I knew that going in that if we, if I equipped people with everything they would need and all they had to do was cut and paste, then it was simple. And I think one thing I didn't mention that as you were going through that list of things I did, another big thing was I was very appreciative. So when people do free labor for you, which is what they were doing for me, yes, they got a copy of the book. But just going through and just saying thank you and publicly thanking them. I had I also made a Facebook page just for that group. So that was a great way to show momentum. So it wasn't like, hey, keep pushing it out, keep pushing it out. I would say, here's what's happening and here's what you guys helped me do. And I sent a huge thank you email that summarized all the results. So like 
anybody who was on that team felt really loved by me and really appreciated and knew that they contributed to something meaningful. And I I deliver that in sort of a tangible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love that you created a Facebook page for them too. Secretly, really like that. It was really helpful. It, get, it got people some momentum and excitement because they could like, like things and be like, oh, this is so fun and exciting. They had fun, you know, keep it fun, keep it easy. You know, the fun part of business, I, we all take things so seriously sometimes that it's a good reminder to like, let's just relax and have fun with this, right? Yes. And if I remember correctly, I think at your launch party, you had like a photographer and took photos of everything too. So I think that's a really great um, marketing piece for the future as things kind of progress. You've got all of these people joyously enjoying your book, (laughs) just kind of captured forever. So I have this, what you're speaking of is my Facebook cover photo right now, which has everyone, like it's probably 30 or 40 people holding a copy of the book and all smiling and I'm in the center and it looks like this most joyous photo. And I had that photo in my brain for like a year when I'm writing this book, like I just need the group picture. And that's, again, it's always about how you tell the story. So, you know, when you do something like this or you're, you're promoting something, it's a great point about social media that it's sort of like if you cut down a tree in the forest and no one's there to see it, did it, you know, did it make a sound? Like if you have this amazing author event and no one's there to capture it, did it really happen? And could people see it? So I knew this was going to be really important and I want to write future books. So I hired a photographer. I made sure we got that group shot. I gave her a shot list. I have great pictures of me speaking and people engaged. I also managed to get a Barnes and Noble book signing. And I hired another photographer for that. I had a videographer come to the book launch party. So I have background video from that, just B-roll for future things if I want to do a speaker reel or something like that. But again, like if you're going to do this work, give yourself credit. And like I knew I wanted to be able to tell the story of I'm a successful published author who's had signings in Barnes & Noble who sells out launch parties. And what sells that better than a picture or, or a piece of video that is worth more than a thousand words on it, right? Absolutely. So powerful. Nothing can replace that, really. Nothing. And I think I like that you started with the end in mind. Um, you didn't show up and, you know, say, oh, I should take a picture of hands, your iPhone to someone. Um, you planned this. It's all strategic. And I think this goes back to kind of some of your foundational trainings. I know you have something you call the tactic tornado. Uh, but I think that is this, would that be similar to what we're talking about? Like having a plan of action? Tell us about it. Yes. The tactic tornado. So I have this theory that, you know, social media and email marketing for most small business owners these days, like me and you, they, it can become sort of this black hole that you get sucked into and you see no return on your investment and you burn out. It's literally all black. And that's because you, you're getting swept up in a tactic tornado. You're going, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try this. And all your whole day is reading online, I should be doing this, you feel bad, you try to do it, it doesn't work. And the part of that is because you're starting in the wrong place. It's not about the tactics, it's about the strategy. What simply put, what's your plan? What's most important? Everything can't be important. If everything's important, nothing's important. So for me, I knew certain things were important and th- certain things were less important. Like book sales was not a huge metric for me in terms of success. Like showing that I was a successful author was. So there were certain things I was making decisions about, right? So making those decisions with somebody like you, who's a strategic, when you're looking at your social media strategy, somebody like me, who you're looking at your branding strategy, you know, what does your business stand for? What do you want to highlight? And then go focus on that. You know, I have a whole exercise where we come up with what I call your reasons to believe. What are your four to six sort of main story categories you should talk about because they're the things that add up to make you special. 
to make you the best choice for your ideal clients versus your competitors. I mean, most people who are sort of lost in that tactic tornado haven't even thought about that. <laughs> They're just mm-hmm. going, I should talk about this. And I had this meal for dinner and blah, blah, blah. And we're putting all this stuff online that doesn't have a plan behind it. And what I found is having a plan helps you calm down. It helps you see more of a return. And it helps you like, even in this conversation, I'm like, yeah, it is kind of about having more fun. Yeah. Now it's part of the reason we have our own businesses is to have a little bit more fun than if we work for somebody else. So that's getting lost when we're just letting ourselves get overwhelmed without a plan. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree. And I love the the analogy of the tactic tornado. I feel like I've been in that tornado. <laughs> it felt very real when you said that. Uh, and you're right. Sometimes we need to take a step back and really lay out the bones of it, the structure, the scaffolding before we start trying to paint the walls, right? So I really, really love that analogy. Awesome. All right. So You guys, again, get permission to try. You'll love it, especially if you're looking to change things, move in a new direction, improve your life. Um, But outside of the book, I know it's everywhere, Amazon everywhere. Um, How else can we connect with you online? Absolutely. Well, if you're interested in learning more about branding, I always do free 20-minute consultations. You can find more information at Greatest storycreative.com. I also have some fun goodies on there, including a free brand story quiz. You can figure out how well you're doing with telling your brand story. Um, I also have a 10-day course on how to improve or write your elevator pitch. Perfect. I'll put the link to the website in the show notes. You guys definitely go check that out. Even if you already think you have your elevator pitch, take the quiz and figure out where you are, where you land. Um, Thanks so much, Annie, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.